Hello, welcome back. Episode 2, Season 5 of the British Food History Podcast. I hope you're having a good Christmas. Remember, it's not over. It's only just begun. It's not finished till 12 days have been ticked off. So we've only just got started. Remember that. Today, I'm talking to Paula McIntyre about Hogmanay and her TV show, The Excellent Hamley Kitchen, which is on the BBC. If you don't know her, Paula is an Ulster Scots chef who lives on the north coast of Northern Ireland, and she specialises, I suppose, in combining those two cuisines, focusing on traditional recipes as well as techniques, and shouting about good producers. She regularly appears on the radio, including BBC Radio 4's The Kitchen Cabinet, and she's written several books. Well, Paula has a Hamley Kitchen Hogmanay special out on the 30th of December, 7.30pm on BBC One Northern Ireland. It's going to be available on BBC iPlayer too. And of course, there's going to be links to that programme in the show notes. Well, she came on to talk about Hogmanay and about what food she's cooking up in a Hogmanay special. We talked about Hogmanay, that uh, three-day-long New Year feast that occurs in Scotland. And we talked about traditions and superstitions associated with that time and the importance of keeping traditional foods alive and relevant. Talking of traditional foods at this time, there's also going to be a blog post about a hogmanay food we didn't talk about, and that's the black bun, also called a Scots bun. You may not have heard of it, but check that out. That's going to be on the blog. Hopefully, I'm recording this actually before Christmas. Hopefully I've pulled my finger out and written that and already posted it. Link in the show notes. And a special shout out to food writer Sue Lawrence for helping me out with the research for that post. I am sure that this episode with Paula is going to fire off loads of food memories for you all, if not specifically Hogmanay, but New Year in general. Are there any regional New Year foods that I need to know about? Well, remember, I'll be doing another postbag episode at the end of the season, so if you've got anything to add or to bring up after listening to today's episode, or of course any episode so far, please contact me, email neil at britishfoodhistory.com, Twitter at neilbuttery, Instagram at doctor, that's dr underscore neil underscore buttery. I'm also on Mastodon and I've set up a Facebook discussion group called British Food History. Hunt that out. Links are in the show notes. Hey, a huge thanks to everyone who's followed, rated and left reviews this year. If you haven't done already, please do so. It means the podcast gets picked up more by algorithms and that means it's more easy to find for people looking for history podcasts or food podcasts. I'm flitting about the history and food charts in several countries now, actually. So thanks to everyone around the world who tunes in because it's not just the UK, but it's the USA, Canada, India, Vietnam, Uruguay, China, Italy and Brazil. Been in the charts in all those countries recently, so thank you very much for listening. There's also some news for my £3 monthly subscribers out there. There's now going to be a monthly newsletter starting next month. It's to help you keep tabs, not just on the subscriber content for the podcast, but also the special features on the blog. And you'll hear about any exciting news before anybody else. I'll speak a little bit more about that at the end. Also... Don't forget, my book, A Dark History of Sugar, published by Pen and Sword History, is out now. 
I've just noticed a discount on both hardback and ebook on Amazon. So if you're giving up the sugar in the new year or trying to eat healthier, I think this book is the aversion therapy you need. Right, enough waffle, back to the episode. Paula and I talked about hogmanay traditions, like first footings and gifting shortbread. We also talked about how fantastic cockaliki soup is, also cluted dumplings and boiled stroke steamed puddings in general, the TV show Two Fat Ladies and Dulce, but we also spoke about much more than that because we went down many rabbit holes and I've never laughed so much editing an episode. So have fun listening, please. I'll be back at the end to tell you all about this episode's Easter eggs. But now, Hogmanay and Hamley Kitchen with Paula McIntyre. Well, welcome to the podcast, Paula. I'm so glad to talk to you and to meet you. You too, Neil. Yeah, I've been, this is great. Oh, well, we're big fans of Hamley Kitchen in this house. That's, oh, good. That's good. That's lovely to hear. It's lovely to hear. So you don't, I don't ever think of anybody outside Northern Ireland watching it. And it's always lovely, you know, when people do and send me emails. So it's great. Well, the joy I mean, of the so, iPlayer. Yeah, I'm so glad that I follow you on Twitter because... I don't think I would have known about it otherwise. Oh, well, that's good. And it's that's such great. a good show. I mean, it's right up my street because it's a good mixture of good old traditional fare mixed with some modern stuff. And watching you cook things like uh, soda files, you know, really yeah. simple, straightforward. Or they should be simple and straightforward. Or they look it because there's like, what, three yeah. ingredients or something. That's it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but to write a method f- for making something like that, I'm, I'm sure you've written plenty of recipes in your time, it's really difficult. I, well, it's got a, a, there's a lot of points to it. I mean, it looks mm. simple and it, and it feels simple, but I've seen an awful lot of disasters over the years. You know, yeah. people send me photographs and, far, and some of them look like ginger biscuits. I don't know what they've done. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes things are simple. But I, I watched... You know, my granny and you know the, making soda fires, and that's part of that smell of childhood. That lovely mm. scorched flour and buttermilk on a on an old griddle. It's great. And and we we had I actually had relatives. I mean, I'm old enough to remember one of my relatives cooking on a big range that was you know fired up with mm. turf. You know, oh, fantastic. I know, and that smell is amazing. You know, so yeah. Well, I mean, as soon as you've shown something like that, yeah. the penny drops almost immediately, does, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And yet, if you try to write a method, it'd be about four it pages is about long four or something. Pa- actually, I have a method for sort of far as that is about four pages long. <laughs> they always say it's simple. It's only three ingredients, but it's just that whole... I think it's more of the things that can go wrong, Neil. The number of mistakes I've made, but you do learn by them and you do. all that. That's, all the, that's yeah. the thing you learn by. Everybody makes mistakes. Well, you've got a Hogmanay special coming up of Hamley Kitchen, yes. which is such a coincidence because I went on Twitter thinking, oh, I could really like to do a Hogmanay. Yeah episode because um both my parents are half scots right okay but i'd never been to scots so we used to go there to edinburgh alone yeah but i never went for hogmanay no, and apparently it's it's such a big thing you know mm. well that's it and you'd see on tv the parades mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff the extra bank holiday i'm assuming because it's yeah. so much fun yeah. you need two days you and two days of hangovers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only if you're doing it right neil and it just seems so fantastic Whereas in England, you know, it's just, it, it just, I don't know, it just, I mean, this is because I'm probably not Scottish. It just seems more romantic yeah. from what, what we see over there. Yeah, I think, um, um, I think what, what the Scottish do it, it was, it's, you know, it goes back, I think, to Celtic times. 
and it's just one of those traditions and it's that whole thing you've you've got to you've got to to see the old year out and um you know bring the new year in properly there's an, and there, mm. there's so many superstitions and i i love a good old superstition too you have to say i really do yeah well me too i mean I don't know where you lie on the kind of religious spectrum, but I'm very much a devout atheist. (laughs) (laughs) But most superstitions, I think, are there to kind of, well, they're just fun. Some of them are fun and you can take them with a pinch of salt. And when somebody sneezes, I still say bless you. Oh, yes. Uh (laughs) And it's it's fun to believe in in folklore. And on some level, I think it is all all true. You know, something comes in my front door. And let's say we were mm. out in the garden and I'll make them go back mm-hmm. out through the front door when they're leaving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they think I'm odd, but anyway. <laughs> There's lots of superstitions surrounded with Hogmanay. There's first footers. That's There's first it. footings and first, first footers. Yep. I mean, I remember this now. You know, we're not Scot. We were Scottish originally, you know, like, mm. like many people in Northern Ireland. But we still would have had, it would have been just an excuse to have a big party in the house on New Year's Eve. But we did a few things, you know, there would have been, well, there was mm. always whiskey in our house, Neil, so that was, that's a given. But the whiskey good. is to, to toast everybody's good health. At the first footing, I, I can remember, yeah, it had to be a tall, dark-haired man. And they had, yes, that, that and they had to go yes. outside and come into the house. And then, then there's another superstition, this is awful. But, you know, you would never have had a ginger-haired person in your house in New Year. <laughs> that's awful, isn't it? <laughs> but we did. I mean, we did. We were we were liberals. <laughs> we had a red haired friend, and she was allowed to come and on Christmas New Year's Eve. So, but uh, that was. I always right. remember somebody, and it was normally my dad actually who just went out the back door, and knocked the front door, and then he'd always had a piece of coal in his hand. Mm-hmm. They had to have, and mm-hmm. that's so your house would be warm in the New Year. Mm. I'm going to definitely going to do that this year. Because I haven't had the heating on, you know. So, like the rest of us, you know, we just I, I, you think about it now, and we've having this cold snap, and you sort of think, right, I'm getting some dark haired, tall, dark haired man to come in through the front door, you know, with a bit of coal this year, and then and then shortbread. You had to have shortbread, you know, on the year, and we would have had shortbread, and that was to bring a that was to represent plenty that you would always have, I suppose, bread and. And your 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 cup with runneth would runneth over the whole year. Mm. And one that mm-hmm. I one that I know that we wouldn't have done in our house because we were all messy, uh, was a, a thing about cleaning the house. You couldn't oh, bring the okay. new year and, and can still still consider lucky unlucky to bring in the new year in a messy house. I might explain my run of bad luck. Um, well, you know. <laughs> And when looking back in my childhood, and, and there was um, there was more reading in our house than there was cleaning, you know that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> and we call it here. Oh. We call it redding up when you read up the place. And I was still, ah. so it's an old Ulster Scots saying, "Look, I need to red this up. I need to, and it's uh, it means clear up. So redding up that. Right. So you had to red up the house. And if the house was dirty or messy a new year, that would bring you bad luck. Mm. Yeah, I like. I quite like I that see. one. Good out. But then the only thing is, right? So I have a party on Christmas, New Year's Eve. Everything's all nice and tidy and everything. See by midnight, mm. the place is wrecked. I don't know about you, but my <laughs> friends are like, you know, they have a bit of cake and they throw Animals. in there like this. <laughs> <laughs> the curtains are pulled down. There's broken glass everywhere. <laughs> 
I must. I wonder how that works. That I have had that at five, at five o'clock in the evening. The house has has been tidy, but by midnight it's wrecked. Um, you mentioned Ulster Scots heritage. Mm-hmm. I want to quickly ask you about that because uh, it's obviously something that you're very proud about and very much identifying with. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not really something I'd thought about before. No, um, that there's been migrations from Scotland to Ireland yeah. over the years. Is that something that just kind of is, is just a movement that just happens all the time or has happened all the time? Or were there things that prompted it? Yeah, I think um, probably the time of the plantation of Ulster, there would have been a lot of people moved from Scotland to, they would, have been, they would have been offered to go either to Scotland or to America. And I know that my family right. chose to come to Northern Ireland and then they would have been given a plot of land and this would have been around, I suppose, the 1600s. I think my, my family who came from sort of Isla or Broth, that, that, that those part, and Elgin actually, my mother's side. Mm-hmm. And so is that the Hebrides? It's the outer my geography is no, terrible. It's the outer Hebrides. <laughs> it's the outer, is it? Okay. Yeah, Isla's an outer Hebrides. <laughs> it's, it's featured on the Hogmanay programme, actually. So I go back oh. and go to a distillery for the day, which was absolutely oh, amazing. We went to the Kilhoman distillery, which is mm. one of, was the one in Isla that actually has um, 100% Isla whiskey, one of their whiskies. So they have a farm there and they grow mm. uh, the barley and all everything from that, um, the 100% Isla comes oh, so from the, the island. So absolutely, right, so it's all completely self-contained. So we did that, and that was that was uh, that was a lovely experience. Uh, not so lovely going mm. out in the boat. We left from Port Stewart, which is in the north coast, and it took mm-hmm. us quite a long time because you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a really rough boat. You're just going up against waves, and you don't actually move. No, so <laughs> it was a lot better on the way back because the, the, it was a smoother crossing, and we had a lot of lovely Kilhoman whiskey in us as well, which was great. It's a very joyous Brilliant. journey. I've only recently started to enjoy whiskey. Yeah. I thought I didn't. I thought I didn't like it. Yeah. I think I just. I don't know. It's just taken me a long time to develop a, me too, actually. a taste me, for it. Me too. Now I can't get it. Can't get no, enough I know, of it now. I'm making up for lost time. Well, I had a. I was lucky enough that I was doing the kitchen cabinet one evening in Edinburgh with Barry Smith, ah. and Barry kind of got the, the the whiskies lined up in the bar. And gave us uh, a tutorial, as you do, which was mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And actually, after that, yeah. that was maybe three or four years ago. And I, you know, really appreciate whiskey now and all the elements. I like smoky whiskey. I like smoky things. So mm, I like a, I like a smoky malt from, you know, from Isla, which is mm. a lot of their whiskies. You know, you've got Laphroaig and Ardbeg, and they're really, really smoky. And the, the peat yeah. in Isla is different to peat from anywhere else because it's um there's not much vegetation in Isla. You know, not many mm. trees. So the mm-hmm. the actual um the actual peat is more like um you know, sea veget you know, it's a lot of vegetation, you know, like seaweed and oh, so it's okay. a completely Gosh. different um feel to it. So then mm. if you would get an Irish malt that would and we have our peat is completely completely different. So 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 very nice, you know. Very nice. I've spent a little bit of time in the Hebrides. Back in my science days when I was uh, an ecologist, uh-huh. uh, my very first paper that I got published was a study of uh, baby eels oh, on mull. It's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Well, as is the north of north coast of yeah, Northern yeah, Ireland. Very I've spent, spent a lot of time in Ballycastle, oh, those sorts of places. I love Ballycastle. It's such a beautiful town, isn't it? It's otherworldly. It is, but there's a I brilliant think. bakery in Ballycastle now called Ursher oh. Minor. It's fantastic. Great, great name for a 
Isn't Great name it? for and a bakery. Lovely young couple, Kira and Dara. And honestly, I mean, if you're ever in that part of the world, the bakery, you know, and they do everything seasonally. So Kira will do things with gorse flowers and elderflowers mm. in summer. And then this time of year, it'll be fermented things and preserved things. It's really lovely. Fantastic. I yeah. love gorse. Yeah, me too. things. Yeah. 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 yeah, you did you make gauze wine? I did, I made a champagne. Champagne, that's yeah, right. Yeah, just a sparkly a sparkly one, yeah, it was good. Yeah. good. Did you pick those gauze flowers yourself? Because it's oh, lethal. Oh, I did. Did, I did. you? I did, oh yes. My goodness. Uh, yeah, and you have to pick them quite, you know, you, they don't sit long. You know, when you pick gorse, you know, they, they, kind of, they kind of go a wee bit discoloured, so I had to pick them quite quickly. It's got a nice yeah. sort of coconutty Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, really, really coconutty. They're lovely, yeah. Don't know why we don't use it. Well, probably because you lose your fingers trying to pick them. That's probably why we don't use them more. <laughs> yeah, you need those really big, heavy-duty <laughs> gloves, don't you? <laughs> you do. I did it once, and I decided never to do it again. Yeah, yeah. You just have to go like this. Like, sort of, you know, you have to really be really delicate and, like, grab them from the front. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about... Hamley Kitchens Hogmanay special. Do you yes. know at this point when it's going to be on? It is going to go out on the 30th of December at 7.30 on BBC One Northern Ireland, which mm-hmm. you can pick up, I think, in um, the UK. Yeah, and you can, yeah. of course, see it on the iPlayer. You can see it live on the iPlayer, I think, or maybe not. No, it'll be on the iPlayer. I think, actually, it'll be on the iPlayer quite quickly. And we've got a couple of what the these iPlayer specials now. Which oh. are separate to the the show, okay. so we've got the we've got the actual um, program itself, and then the other there are two five minute shorts of things that we really couldn't get into the show. Oh, so, okay. Which is nice. It's a wee extra bonus. Um, hmm. Yeah, the show's coming out um, the night before New Year's Eve, which is good. Give you time to get everything in the house if you want to do the Hogmanay supper. So, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So, what sort of things are well, you cooking up? Well, we've kept it quite traditional. Um, mm. So, cockaligi soup, which is hard to beat, isn't it? One of my favourite foods yeah. of all time, isn't it? And simple, oh. simple, simple. And it's just so about simple. The, it's just about the ingredients. So, we have a fantastic farm here in Portrush, and it's a young couple, um, mm. Susan and Shay, and they, they they produce rare breed pigs, but they started to do chickens, oh. and the chickens fantastic, and it's you know it's yellow and. And mm-hmm. it's not yellow because it's got been eaten corn. It's yellow because of the natural chlorophyll in the ground, you know, in the grass. Right. And it just tastes, you know, that lovely chicken and they're a good big chicken and they taste fantastic. So I think if you're going to make a cockaliki soup, make sure your your cock a bit straight in the first place, you know. <laughs> not <laughs> well, right. yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> know, <laughs> if, <laughs> I don't know if your recipe is the same as mine, but ignoring salt and pepper, beef, chicken, Prunes, leeks. Yeah. That's all I put in mine. I don't. I just put chicken, chicken and leeks and barley. I put barley in it. Right. Okay. And uh, lots of parsley at the end, and the ah, leeks okay. obviously. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of parsley, like it's nearly a vegetable. You know that good proper curly parsley, and we're lucky that even at this time of year, it'll grow outside, and it's got this really, you know, it'll grow beside the sea where I get it, and and it's it grows outside because it's kind of sheltered. Mm. And honestly, it's it's so good. It's nearly got that sort of seaweedy taste from it. You know, it's really citrusy and salty. And yeah, but I just love that when you hit a soup with like a massive handful of chopped parsley. 
mm-hmm. and it just labels it all up, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, it does. It's very satisfying to to use big handfuls yeah. of things too, isn't it? Big handfuls. Mm. Yeah. Cockaliki soup's great. I grown up on tins of Baxter's cockaliki soup. Yeah, it's not the same. No, there should be sued no. or something for <laughs> <It> should be. <laughs> misrepresentation. I don't think there's any chicken in it. <laughs> it's just. And it's claggy, and you open up, and it's like this next like, solid, like dog food thing that comes out. Is uh, <laughs> rotten. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But you got to make sure all your ingredients, because there's so few ingredients in it. Whoever, everyone's got a different recipe. But I think the thing that's constant yeah. is there's not very many ingredients. No. So yeah, no. that that chicken's got to be good. You can't get an insipid yeah. um, supermarket chicken. It's got to be a good and proper chicken that's that's been outside and and I put barley in it. Some people put rice in it, but. I think Look, it's uh, some people put carrots in it. I don't like the carrots in it because I like a nice green soup, mm. especially for New Year, you know, because there's that whole um, Deep South tradition of eating greens mm. at New Year, sort of to, you know, to represent dollars or greenbacks. Oh, okay. So I like to combine the Deep South and Ulster Scots, you know, <laughs> for a bit of luck. That's good. I always think Kokaliki is um, in the same category as something like, I don't know, Vietnamese pho yes, or exactly. Jewish chicken exactly. soup where you just feel better, healthier, spiritually, physically better for eating it. That's it, exactly. And it's mm. about that. It's just about that chicken. And, and if you have a good chicken, you're going to get a better broth, aren't you? A better mm. stock. And those and, fresh, uh, like, clean, fresh flavours are lovely. really good. Yeah. I mean, you got, you can't, you've also got to buy good leeks, not those overly oh, trimmed Oh, Again, gosh, super I hate you that. get the green in. People think you can't yeah. eat the green. It makes me livid. I've, I've had people saying that, oh, you don't eat the green. I'm like, what the hell do you mean you don't I eat know. the green? Of course, it's the best bit. You know, <laughs> it's the best bit. And I hate that when you get it and it's just white with this wee bit of green at the top. I mean, to me, a leek is a green vegetable. And, and it, you have mm. all those outer leaves are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, I don't understand it. I, I mean, I've, I've, I used to teach and, and I would see the kids chopping the leek in half and putting the green into the bin and I'm like what are you doing you know like what <laughs> you know and that, it is the best bit yeah know? people do it with spring onions don't they scallions oh gosh don't no, eat the greens like, there's hardly any know. white what are you doing no I know I know oh people are daft oh, they need to give the, <laughs> they need to give themselves a shake good, don't they sort themselves shake. out good shake <laughs> so what else are you um, cooking up on right there? so the next one is um, the next. The main course is a duck. Mm. So because uh, I like a duck, um, mm-hmm. got, got really nice, nice ducks as well. So really well sourced ducks, not massively fatty. They're quite, you know, sometimes you lose a lot of the duck, but these ducks um, are, are good. So mm-hmm. what I've done is um, just do the whole thing where you just pour boiling water over it and then a bit of salt. And the glaze uh, for it is maltose, um, mm-hmm. honey, and some of that nice whiskey from Isla, oh. and just brush that all over it after you've patted it dry, and then stick it into the fridge for a while. And then whenever you put it into a hot oven, if it's been cold, it kind of goes woo. Yeah, that kind of contrast of very different temperatures. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all I've done is just keep glazing that duck, you know, until it's really nice, like lacquered, you know, nice, nice lacquered duck. And then I've got a bit of um, you know, just stock at the bottom, so making a nice sauce with that. Let all. You know, take off a bit of the fat, but I quite like a bit of fat in the sauce. You know, yeah, it doesn't. When you blend me. it all up, blend it all up, mm-hmm. and you know, with a pan, a stick blender, and it all comes together. And you know, I, I quite like that. I spent my, you know, when I was at college, you spent all your time, you know, 
going around with a ladle and taking all the fat off the stock because that was the worst thing ever that if a fat could get into a stock and then beef fat you know beef bones chicken bones why would you why would you bother take a good bit of it off but you know give it a good whiz up and mm. it'll all emulsify together that's it if it emulsifies then it yeah, just enriches it, it yeah. doesn't it i mean no one yeah, wants a big layer on the top that coats your lips oh yeah yeah no, we don't horrible. want that or, or we're all <laughs> separate you know you they pour out this gravy and it's all globules of oil mm. and don't like that but uh no if it all comes together nicely it's lovely i never thought of combining yeah. duck and malt Malt yeah, it's lovely. Before. I think that was a, a, a you know in in a, in Chinese cooking. That's how they get that nice crispiness on it. Oh. It's a malt as maltos, so right. Um, it makes sort of makes sense, and I combine it with a bit of honey for some fragrance, and then of course that smokiness from the whiskey. Yeah, I've like an ancient it. jar of malt syrup at the back of my cupboard. So I'd say it's fine. Yeah, all get those things used. are grand. Get that on they? the duck. Did they not find a thing of maltose in the one of the pyramids? They did. They're bound to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stuff ain't yeah, going off. No, it's not going yeah. off. There's nothing in it to go off. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If it smells all right, that's part one. And if it tastes all right, it's all right. Yeah, give it a couple of minutes, and if you haven't dropped, you're good. You're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, test it on the kids first, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) that's what they're there for. Character building. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now, one thing that I'm very interested in that you're cooking, because it's something I've never had, but I've always wanted to make, and that is a clouty dumpling. Yeah, clouty dumpling. Clouty dumpling's boresque, you know, like an old-fashioned Christmas pudding. So you're you're cooking it in the cloth, which is mm-hmm. the clouty, um, and just and just muslin. And it's the same kind of a, a mixture as a, you know, as a Christmas pudding, mm. suet, breadcrumbs, lots of fruit. I didn't soak the fruit now for this. I just sort of mixed it all together. There's um, there's egg in it, quite a lot of syrup, which is nice. And then all your spices. The, and then you just gather it up. And then traditionally that would have been hung, you know, so you get that nice round. Yeah. But I, you know, you keep it in the keep it in the pantry. I just steamed it straight away, you know. Yeah, it's great. And we have a bread here called Vida bread that you mm. get in Northern Ireland that you mm-hmm. don't get anywhere else. No. And it started off in Scotland. They invented it, I think. Then it moved over to Northern Ireland. The Scottish don't make it anymore, but it's a big thing here. Oh. And it's a malt loaf. So it's like a, you know where you've got soaring? Yes. So it's not fruity. It's just a malt loaf and it's quite light. So I would use that in, you know, Christmas puddings or, you know, makes lovely treacle tart. It's a really nice look. <laughs> See, when you're from Northern Ireland and you go anywhere in the world, all you want is for your mother to send you Tato, cheese and onion crisps um, <laughs> and feed a loaf. You know, that's the only thing she wants. And then they both arrive knackered, you know. The crisps are like a powder. The loaf has been squashed, you know, but you still get the taste of it. <laughs> so so we put I put that into it as well just to sort of make it a wee bit more Ulster Scots. And then you just steam it the same way as you steam a Christmas pudding. I'm going to give it a go. I made it for the first time an old-fashioned sort of 19th century uh, Christmas pudding or plum pudding recipe. Oh, lovely. And what I really liked about it was it was nowhere near as rich as the stuff that you buy. A lot of people buy Christmas puddings and think they don't like them because they're so full on. They're so solid, aren't they? They're like real, they're really black and there's some just really a wee bit of the dark side about them, aren't there? You know, there's this yeah. black, you know, like nearly like coal. I, I like a nice light fruity one. No, me I always too. put figs in mine, and you know mm. as well. And I think figs lighten it up a bit as well. No, that sounds good. And I don't think it should be too rich because it's Christmas. 
mm-hmm. or Hogmanay. As far as I'm concerned, I want to eat loads of it. So I don't yeah. want it too rich because no, I want to have you a great big bowl of it. Of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Want a, yeah. You want a proper portion. I made a Christmas pudding a few years ago when it was, uh, well, I, um, I still make it, but it's got um, accident. You know, it was one of those things that you made by accident. So I had some, somebody give me some heather ale. I'd soaked the fruit in it. So that was kind of floral. And I'd made some damson vodka. So I put that in instead of putting in the brandy. And honestly, it was so fruity and, you know, mm. light and... I put apple in mine too. Nice bit of grated Bramley apple. Keep it nice and moist. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice pudding. Wasn't it made in um, pillowcases back in the day? I think so, yeah. 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 It must have been huge. The, <laughs> one that, the, the recipe that I used... Must have been like used, a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made, the one that I made, I had to really reduce the amounts down because it was otherwise it would have been a 15-hour Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that now, but I'd have to remortgage well, uh, my apartment with the uh, way things are going. The good old days where you just thought about the ingredients, now you have to actually think about the energy. I know, it's the first no, time the- I've ever had to do it, I think. I know. You know, it's a shame because I worry that things like steam puddings that take a while to cook are just becoming even more sort of out of reach for home yeah, cooks. I think, Because yeah. it's my favourite sorts of stuff to, to cook and eat, especially with friends. There's that lovely thing, Neil, when you put down a steam pudding, you know, whether it's a ginger, nice steamed ginger pudding and a jug of custard. And I mean, you put that down in the middle of the table and everybody goes, oh, because you've got the smell, you've got this lovely moist pudding, you've got the custard. And I do, I, I think it would be an awful shame if we lost, you mm. know, and they are so traditional, aren't they? Mm. I mean, nearly every county in England has their own kind of particular steam pudding, don't they, you know, and. Mm-hmm, you know, whatever's mm-hmm. available or you know, and, and those old puddings are fantastic and they're just such oh, a centerpiece so such yeah. a center you know you bring it out and you bring it out and it's like wow you know nobody's not going to be impressed with a big steamed ginger or lemon pudding sure they're not mm. yes i do like um a two liter one there but it takes ages to cook I just yeah. think, oh, do we, are we uh, going to go have to buy them from supermarkets no no and i think it. we need to sort of forego something else don't change your shoes so you can have a nice pudding. Good point. Don't buy that new top. You don't yeah. need it, but you do need ginger pudding in your life. I mean, I really love the fact that in your cooking, you use things like, obviously you, you celebrate good producers, but there's a mm-hmm. place in your pantry for things like salad cream. Yeah. Love salad Look, right. Anyone tells you you don't love salad cream, they're lying. <laughs> They're trying to be posh. It's doesn't. Then it's that's not right. It's just uh, salad cream's lovely. It's got that lovely. I love it. Lovely. I love it. Love yeah, it. I love a bit of salad cream. I love a nice yeah. when you get a nice flurry bap and a nice bit of you know ham leftover ham from Sunday. Nice bit of crisp lettuce. You got some tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Bit of salad salad cream. Cracked black pepper. It's nothing like it, is there? Oh, it's great. We used to have salad cream sandwiches when we were oh, kids. There was nothing wrong with them. That was everything you needed. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. And yeah. you use um, custard powder in those yeah. custard creams. Custard I remember creams, saying I was yeah, yeah. impressed bit with that. Condensed milk, like a bit of mm-hmm. condensed. I did a baked yogurt in one of them with um, and it's really just really simple. It's just cream yogurt, good yogurt, condensed milk, bit of vanilla, whisk it up, and bake it like a like bake it like a creme brulee, except it takes a lot less. That's mm. time and it's it's really nice that because you get a lovely texture and um, not too sweet, you know. The, I know you think when you put condensed milk into something, but because the the yogurt's so tart, it actually balances out quite well. 
Oh, very good. Yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah people need yeah. to buy more salad cream for sure. More I salad don't trust, cream. Don't trust somebody who says they don't like salad cream. No, there's something wrong with them. It's like a defect, isn't it? You know that. You know those yeah. things that pop up on Facebook. Are you a psychopath? You know, no, you do that. You know, it's like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you not like salad cream? And that's it. It's mm. all answered. That's the yeah, clincher. That's it. <laughs> the clincher <laughs> to your dark side. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad we've uh, yeah. <laughs> sorted that we've one out. We found a new way of, uh, of analysing people. <laughs> the other one was uh, with the duck. I did it like a applesauce with it, which is quite traditional with duck and goose. You know, It as, is. I've yeah, had some yeah. of these traditional apple sauces which are very different to the stuff well certainly it's different to the stuff that you buy oh. fruit pie filling oh it's horrible stuff. isn't it yeah yeah oh, some, of the, some of the traditional apple sauce recipes oh, are yeah. sublime because they're tart mm. but you know you want a good the whole point of it is you've got this really nice crackly pork it's you know with beautiful meat and you want something tart don't you because the meat's yep. nearly sweet but then you're getting this horrible Oh, horrible, horrible textured, claggy old sweet stuff. Really it's claggy. Really claggy. Yeah. It's like it's like they put some kind of um, emulsifier to bind everything together, and it's rotten. It's just mm. really vile, isn't it? I mean, what's wrong with going yeah. out and just buying a Bramley apple? In the in the program, I did that thing where you just stick the two apples into the oven, wee bit of oil on them, and roast them until they burst. And then blend. Yeah, they just turn yeah. into fluff, don't they? Do they turn it into fluff yeah. and then blend yeah. it up, stick blender, pass it through a sieve, bit of butter, bit of cider vinegar, tiny bit of sugar just to bring it all together. And it's lovely. When you buy it as well, there's those weird little perfect cubes oh, of exactly. really rubbery apple. What are they doing to the apple They're to perfectly make them sized. be like that? What kind of machine have they got that's that's doing that? And then this horrible like phlegm, apple phlegm around it. You know, sweet apple phlegm. That's disgusting. Mm. <laughs> Loads of people are going to tune in, of course, in Northern Ireland. And I don't know why it's just not a regular show in the kitchen on, you know, for the rest of the country. Well, I would love it seems it to crazy. Be. I think the, the, there are people watching it, which is great, um, you know, in England and in Scotland. It was quite funny. And, and I had a couple of friends around on Saturday night and mm. from school I went to school with. So um, there was a wee bit of gin taken. But um, one of the girls, her son makes is he he works for a company in, in Edinburgh that make gin, and yeah. she brought a bottle of it. So there's a photograph of me and a couple of us with gin, and he showed it to his friends that he was out with, and they said, "Oh, this is them out in the night, young fellas, you know, in their mid twenties. Oh, that's Paula off here in the kitchen. I thought this is great. There's young people in Edinburgh <laughs> watching it. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, our work is done. I love yeah. what one young people say to me. Really, you know, people in their 20s, oh, I watched that and I made that. I mean, it's great that, you know, I think it's nice to that people are, young people are thinking, oh, I've never seen that before. I've never, I've never Mm. heard of that. You know, old things, you know, old, like, I don't know, like we did a, you know, I know we did cottage pie and stuff like that, but using short rib of beef and, you Mm -hmm. know, there's just, you know, and all the old farls and everything like that and potato bread, you know, that's a big thing here, you know, and it's just nice to see people. You know, to see people you know, keeping those things that I... You know, a lot of people have lost the, these skills. I mean, I had, didn't have a lot of the skills. I just had to teach myself. And yeah. it took me ages to learn how to do really basic things like bread because I had nobody to show me to yeah. do it. Yeah. So I think it's really important having programs like yours because it's that fine balance, I suppose, between... I mean, it's showbiz, 
Yeah. It's an entertainment show at the end of the <laughs> uh-huh, day. Uh-huh. But it's also got to be instructional and you need yeah. to have gone off feeling like you've learned something. Yeah. And yeah. I feel that um, a lot of cooking shows these days veer too much towards just the plain old entertainment stroke showbiz. What I like about Him in the Kitchen is, you know, you go through how to make something. You actually show people how to make it. It's really important. I think it's important, yeah. And, and mm. there's the other thing that is, um, I don't, I don't like these competition, these cooking shows now that are just about competition and drama. You know, I think mm-hmm. you know let let's bring it back a wee bit because you know you look at um look at the really popular shows in the past. You know that nearly didn't really go out of fashion like Two Fat Ladies and and Delia. Yes. You know yeah. that's a, you know Two Fat Ladies were amazing. Oh, I love Two Fat Ladies. They were so funny oh. and they were just you know they didn't yeah, they take themselves great. seriously and they were just. The food sometimes could be a wee bit dodgy too, like you know. <laughs> but With painted nails and rings oh. getting in there, mixing <laughs> the mixtures. <laughs> Those big Half rings. With the... <laughs> <laughs> I loved that, but I really loved it. Yeah. And you just know that if you'd said it, to you about health and safety, that I told you to bugger off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's such a good show. Yeah, bless them. Yeah. And it also goes to show that it doesn't matter what kind of background you are as well. I mean, they're two basically Bosh. upper-class ladies. Yeah, yeah. That's and, a great... Um, I mean, food transcends everything, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? All yeah. social strata, everything. It mm. just really does. And I think that... And, and it, it's corny to say it, but it definitely does. It, food brings people together. I love it. Lisa's going to be rolling their eyes now as I bring this up, because I seem to bring it up every time I speak to somebody. But it really <laughs> frustrates me. And I think this is more true perhaps in England than in Scotland, Wales or Ireland. But I think... When we talk about these simple foods that are usually cheap to make, people are almost embarrassed because they think, oh, it's peasant food or food that we used to eat in the past. Would you say there's a difference between England and, say, Ireland and Scotland? I, 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 it seems to me, looking you know, at the other home, county, uh, home nations even, that a bit more pride is taken in these really kind of humble yeah. dishes. If you were to say that, asked me that question maybe 15 years ago I would have said mm. no because you know I remember you know something as simple as dulse you know we would never have used mm, that because that was that but that was peasant oh god you don't eat that even mm. our look even our bread you know like our soda bread or farls or potato bread oh no you wouldn't do that and I remember um being in a restaurant it must have been about 12 years ago in Belfast and he the guy had put on dulse butter with the potatoes and I thought Oh, that's brave. Mm. But now that's everywhere. And seaweed, um, we have a lot of fantastic seaweed companies here. And, you know, we've got the fantastic Abernethy butter. I don't know if you've heard of it. And I, it's the, I Abernethy. Have, yeah. they, do oh, adults, yes. they do adults butter now. They, so it's yeah, I've seen it in my butchers. Is it good? I've not had that one. Oh, I've bought oh. the smoked one that they do, oh, um, yeah. but I've not had the dulse one. Oh, they're all good. Yeah, you just and they've got a festive one out at the moment that's got rum and spices in it. You could just eat it. You don't need any bread or anything. Just eat the butter. You know, with a like spoon. a lolly. <laughs> <laughs> like I love dolls. And I, I remember he used to get it in shops. As he said, it came in all those wee pink and white candy striped bags. Mm-hmm. And you just ate it and chewed it. And it's, you know, I loved it. But I love cooking with it now. I really love cooking with it. But again, mm. to go back to what we're talking about, it is, I think it's got <laughs> <laughs> off <of> another. <laughs> it was, I think, yes, I think we are proud now. But And I think in Northern Ireland, we, we came out of the troubles and um, suddenly had visitors. 
and they wanted they wanted to come here and have our food and we'd all this fancy stuff you know baby sweet corn and all that old crap and they suddenly wanted to eat our vegetables you know eat traditional foods fish is a big thing for visitors in northern ireland they want to they want to try lobster they want to try longestine or, or mackerel we were exporting most of our lobster up until maybe three or four years ago but we've got a right. few really good seafood restaurants now and I, and I now think that you know that we do definitely um have the whole thing now that that you are, we are celebrating our local food and looking up old recipes and things like that but I mean you have that whole thing that you know the Lancashire hot pot and all of the tradition associated with that and that's still a really I think in England now you're you're going the same way as us you're, it's reconnecting with old mm-hmm. recipes and celebrating them and then you know really you know realizing how really good they are like a really properly made Lancashire hot pot with like it's nice good. pickled cab- red cabbage there's nothing as good as that is there well I could talk to you all day and geek out about this oh, I know we could, can we? <laughs> well oh before you go, is there going to be any more Hayley Kitchen next well, year? Or have you got any other projects next year you well, can we, tell us about? Well, we put, no, no. <laughs> just wing it along, Neil. Just, you know, <laughs> no plans. No. no. <laughs> just see what happens. <laughs> I actually did a, podca- a festive podcast for BBC Sounds. And then it's going out on Radio Ulster. And that's just, I have a barbecue hut in the back of my house, you know, with the bar- the grill in the middle and you sort of sit around. It's it's handy mm. for these times. So mm. we, we were we just decided to do put in an idea for a, a Christmas, you know, festive special. So it's actually, you know, it was good fun doing it's an hour long programme, but it's on BBC yeah. Sounds. So it's again it's rest you know, some of the I cooked some of the stuff from the, the programme, the rumbley mm. thumps, should be again mm. would be good in Hogmanay. And yeah. um, and some smoked chicken and then a, a nice buttermilk cake. So we had a bit of fun doing that. So that was nice. So I, I love radio, you know, still still do radio, still like mm-hmm. radio. I, I started off doing radio and, I've, and, I'm, and, I've, and I do the Kitchen Cabinet on Radio 4. Great show. A great show. So I'm going over to mm. Slough in the new year, I think, ah. to do that. Words I never thought I'd say. But anyway, I'm sure it's a lovely place. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing it. I googled restaurants in Slough and nothing really came up. So hopefully no. I'm going to be I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will I'm sure be. you will. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I'm not going to be. Cr- I'm sure Slough. No, no, I'm lovely. Sure Sorry, beautiful. people from Slough listening. Yeah, it's beautiful. We it's know it's fair. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. Have a great Christmas. Yes, have a great hogmanay. Yes, I will have a good hogmanay. I'll be um, I'll be having whiskey and my, my shortbread. Yeah, definitely. Maybe make a wee clutty dumpling. Do it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah, and happy New Year to you, and happy hogmanay to you as well. So just to remind you, there, Paul's Hamley Hogmanay special will be on BBC One Northern Ireland on the 30th December at 7.30pm and can be viewed on the iPlayer in the UK. And as I said before, there's links in the show notes to that. There's also a link to her Christmas show on BBC Sounds Stroke Radio Ulster, so have a listen. I've also left links to all of the businesses and producers mentioned by Paula in case you want to check them out yourself. There's a link to my blog, British Food of History, with that post about the Black Bun, don't forget. As well as a link to a Two Fat Ladies show. It's used to be in the BBC back in the ooh, 1990s, maybe early 2000s, in case you've never seen them, because they are wonderful. 
There's three Easter eggs for subscribers. One is about food producers, especially those who make cheese and just how great cheese is in the UK and Ireland these days. Then there's two uncut sections because we talked a lot more about puddings, including not having to choose what you have with your pudding, as well as the merits of whiskey and rum butter over brandy butter. We also talked more about traditions and traditional ingredients. We discussed lava bread and how cooking new things is actually usually anyway easier than expected. We also talked about how much we like devil kidneys. Hey, let's quickly just talk about subscriptions. I want to make things easier to access when it comes to the special content and thought this would be the best way to do it. FYI, subscribers get access to the Easter eggs page with hours now of extras from past episodes, delete scenes, extra bits, the extra mini season. And then there's the extra blog post for subscribers as well. It's getting increasingly more expensive simply just to have a blog and podcast today. So subscriptions are really valuable to help keep it going. It also means that I can have a budget so I can buy interesting ingredients and to go and visit folk all around the country. And I'm so grateful to everyone who has started one up. To start a subscription, go to the support the blog and podcast tab of the website britishfoodhistory.com. A subscription is £3 a month. Alternatively, you can treat me to a one-off virtual coffee or pint. Thank you to everybody who's done that this year. Link in the show notes. And as I always say, there's no need to part with your cash to show support because you already are by listening. But if you haven't already, please follow, like, write a review, tell other people about it. Okay, so... Please contact me with any comments, queries, etc. for the next postbag episode. Not just about episodes from this season, but of course any season. Please write in, email neil at britishfoodhistory.com. All the social media handles are in the show notes. Have a great rest of Christmas, a great Hogmini stroke New Year celebrations. I'll probably be letting the New Year in with a nice steamed pudding as I usually do. See you next year. Cheerio. Cheerio.